Hey everyone, this is James from mkiaudio.tk and welcome to episode 17 of the mkiaudio podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at mkiaudio, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash mkiaudio and also over on the blog at mkiaudio.tk. You can find the podcast page at mkiaudiopodcast.tk. There you'll find show notes and you can leave a comment on any episode you're listening to. Click on the archive tab at the top of the page to find all my previous episodes. You can follow the podcast on iTunes and please leave me a short review while you're there. So that's the science bit out of the way for this week. Let's jump straight into the main show. So this week's show is something a little different than I've done before. In fact, it's my first um, interview on the show. And I don't believe in starting things off slowly, I suppose you could say, because my first interview is one that I I was so nervous about. Um, You've maybe seen me tweet about it earlier on the week, but I had the chance to speak to Sly from sessionswithsly.com. He also owns B-Sharp Studios over in New York. Um, this guy really knows what he's talking about and you've probably heard of him before and if you haven't you should really go and check him out um, I've been a long time listener to his podcast and uh, like I say whenever I emailed him just to see if he would be willing actually to do a small segment for the show and he emailed back and said listen I'd rather be interviewed and the next night we were talking via Skype and doing this interview so I really appreciate him taking the time to do it, as you'll probably hear later on in the interview. I was so nervous about this interview. I It's the first one I've done. It's the first time I've done this whole over Skype thing, and I was terrified of my gear giving up or something going wrong or dodgy internet connections messing the whole thing up. I was scared of looking like an ass in front of them, to be honest. But either way, <laughs> we managed to get there in the end. Everything went okay. Sly was great with it. He was sort of able to guide me through it nearly. But throughout this interview, really, it's mostly a talk about gear and uh, talking a little bit about what what gear beginners can use. Sly actually came up with the idea for it and it was to sort of talk about the subject of gear bashing or when people slam certain types of gear or certain brands of gear so it really was sort of a talk to say the gear doesn't matter that it's more everything else but to a certain extent the gear does matter so this is why Sly was on the show because he explains it so much better than I do so have a listen to it anyway um there's a lot in it there's a lot about microphones towards the the end of it so if you're thinking about an upgrade for your microphone definitely don't miss that section of it and at the end, Sly shares a, a little quick tip in regards to reference mixing. But um, have a listen to the interview. If you have any questions for Sly uh, or for me regarding gear, etc., you can send them in. Just leave a comment below this um, episode of the podcast and certainly we'll do our best to answer them anyway. So have a listen to the interview. I hope you enjoy it and I'll speak to you at the other end. Okay, everybody, um, 
through the wonders of modern technology today we're joined in the show by sly how you doing sly very good james thank you so much for having me pleasure to be here um (laughs) if you're into listening to audio podcasts or if you're into audio blogs or audio in general you've probably heard of sly before um he has a very successful podcast called sessions with sly um he's the owner of uh B Sharp Studios, and he is a self-confessed micaholic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're into your mics, aren't you, Sly? I certainly am. I, I am, in in a way, and and I'll talk about that. <laughs> I am in a way, you know, and yeah. then uh, I, I, you know, I couldn't care less in another way. But you know, I'll clarify. You can take them <laughs> or leave them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, um. Say, so I first heard about you, Sly, through your podcast. Um, I've only been in this game for oh, maybe six, seven months or so, and yours is one of the first podcasts I came across. And oh. it was a little bit different to some of the other podcasts out there. Um, the home recording mm-hmm. show, etc., is very um, gear orientated or technique orientated, whereas uh, right technique and how tos and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas your podcast a little bit more of a a discussion towards it anyway. So yeah, yeah, it's a little different. And I, you know, and I have to say, uh, you know, speaking of the podcast, uh, you know, I I swear I get emails like every week from people and messages on Twitter from people saying, oh, you know, you got to do another episode. You know, it's been so long and. You you know, yeah. please, please do another. And I have absolutely every intention of doing so. Um, it's been over a year since I've had a pod, since I've posted a podcast. Yeah. I do have a couple of episodes that just simply need to be edited and 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 posted. I'm 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 in the process uh, of of trying to set up something that's a little bit more sort of automated so that I don't have to deal with uh, all of the stuff associated with uploading and downloading and posting and doing all this kind of junk. Uh, Frankly, I, I, I would, I would just as soon uh, just have somebody else do it, which, which might (laughs) end up happening. I swear, because I, I have no interest in that, that kind of stuff, you know, the, uh, uh, the nuts and bolts, it's just not interesting to me. I'm yeah. already putting in enough time as it is. Well, when I do the podcast, mm-hmm. I, I put in so many, uh, really so many hours. And, you know, the podcasting thing just is not a, um, you know, it's it's a promotional tool, I guess, in a way. But yeah. uh, it's not a money-making venture. If anything, I absolutely lose money on it. Um, <laughs> uh, of course, you know, hundreds of dollars a year. And... Uh, <laughs> Um, I enjoy it, uh, you know, but it, it really can be so time consuming, especially given the format that I've chosen to do. Uh, you know, it, it, it's one thing to, you know, have a co-host or panel yeah. where you can sort of choose topics, discuss, and then, you know, boom, yeah, you're done. There. There's there's yeah. virtually nothing to edit. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, those are really the, the kinds of shows that are the most frequent. If you look at, um, you know, like the S- Sonic Talk, uh, Leo Laporte's 
uh, podcasts. Yeah. You know, th- they are all basically roundtable kind of discussions, and those are great. Uh, Audio Nowcast, uh, another one. You know, I chose not to do that. And so, therefore, you know, my production of the podcast tends to be, uh, you know, a, well, it varies, but but I chose to do sort of a little bit more of a storyline sometimes and a, yeah. l- a little bit of a narrative and, uh, uh, you know, introducing examples and clips and sometimes shootouts. And it's just way more involved and, and very time consuming. So... Um, yeah, well, yeah, I've I've uh, I've listened to your episodes over and over again, and oh dear, there is a poor you. <laughs> oh no, I like them. <laughs> There's a massive amount of production in them, and whenever I started this podcast, I think my first episode was 15 minutes long, and it took me about three hours to put it together because I was being <laughs> so fussy about it. But I yeah. uh, over a few episodes to sort of calm down a bit and start to, like you mentioned, automate a lot of things. So it makes it a little bit easier, but still very time consuming. Yes, yes. And I think I've come to the realization that I I really need to uh, limit the the length of the podcast because I, I really... To put together, you know, I've had a couple of episodes that were, uh, gosh, probably about an hour long, almost an hour long. Mm -hmm. And that is just way, way too much. That's way too much. I mean, people don't just don't have the time to listen to that kind of thing. You know, it's 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 I think far more preferable to have a. Um, a 15 or 20 minute podcast um, that's sort of more easily digestible. Uh, uh, You know, people can sooner find 15 or 20 minutes to listen to something rather than a full hour. That's kind of tough. And secondly, it's just far easier to produce something that's a a little shorter. And uh, yeah, I have to strike a balance. So anyway. Well, you're still on my subscription list anyway, so oh, thank you. <laughs> the one will pop up some of these days. Maybe yes, definitely. Right. Well, I can tell you for sure, uh, for sure, that I uh, this week I am, uh, well, actually, uh, we still haven't confirmed it, but but within this week, um, I'll be doing another interview with Mixer Man uh, for his new book, and it just coincidentally yeah. the, the 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 last podcast i did was was yeah, an interview with him interview. on his last book yeah on the zen and the art of mixing and this time uh it's zen and the art of producing but yeah. there is another book that is coming out as well um by mixer men and 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 that'll be exciting news uh so i'll save that for the podcast but but that is being recorded this week and i will uh definitely post it as soon as it's ready yeah, I'll keep an ear out for it anyway. <laughs> well, yes. if we want to jump into um, sort of the main segment anyway, this was actually your suggestion or something that you feel you have an opinion on and wanted yes. to discuss. So do you want to yes. introduce it a little bit? or Can I rant? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Can I blow off steam? Well, you see, this, this actually started... Um, well... Where do I start? Okay, all right. All right. So I was talking about this on on Twitter the other day. I yeah. tweeted about it. Um and it just occurred to me that you know, I I've, I've been sort of involved in in audio uh, professionally for uh you know, 20 
20 some odd years almost 25 years yeah uh full time and uh, there there was a there was a, a little break in there where i i did actually go to school but i was working while i was in school as well but the point is that you know when i started out um uh gear was not all that affordable. I mean, when I got into the business, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a tape machine, uh, there were pretty much no digital audio workstations at that time. Pro Tools yeah. was just started. I mean, it wasn't even Pro Tools. It was Sound Tools. You know, it was just a two-track yeah. uh, system. And, uh, I mean, all it was all it was was pretty much a, a digital recorder. You know, you treated it as, as a tape machine, essentially. Yeah. Um, and, and it was great, of course, but the point is that, you know, a Pro Tools system was, uh, phenomenally expensive at the time, mm-hmm. um, as was a tape machine. I mean, you know, uh, I mean, the tape machine that I bought, uh, I bought it used, but that thing new, yeah. uh, was, was something like 60,000. I mean, I, you know, it was crazy expensive. I mean, that was on the cheap side. I mean, if you were buying a a, a Studer, uh, you know, you were paying yeah. uh, more than sixty thousand. You know, and uh, consoles. Forget about it. I mean, you know, things were not affordable by any stretch for uh, a student, a hobbyist. Yeah. Um, if you were a professional, you know, you you had to start somewhere, and you just you slowly acquired gear, and you begged, borrowed, stole whatever you could do to assemble um, a studio. But you know, you couldn't get away with um, just going to uh, Sam Ash uh, or Guitar Center and 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 yeah. plucking and 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 putting down you know 2000 bucks or something like that or or, or less than a thousand for an inbox there's yeah. no such thing exactly now um and the thing is that I, I i've noticed that really only in the last oh maybe 10 years or so maybe i've really noticed this trend of gear bashing which it drives me a little bit crazy because um, you know people will complain uh, about uh, oh NS10s about SM57s about D112s yeah. uh, about uh, Mackie mixers what whatever it is a Behringer that's a very <laughs> popular you know bashing brand yeah definitely um, and and the thing is, what what I think has happened is, is really since the democratization of audio gear, uh, since it has become much more affordable, you have this much, much wider user base, um, yeah. most of whom, honestly, most of whom are amateurs, at best semi-professional, but very few of uh, you know of the people buying you know a Behringer product let's say yeah. uh, are really professional um which is not to say that professionals don't use Behringer products of course they do um it, sometimes those are the right tools for the job um mm-hmm. when it comes to microphones you know the SM57 you know it's nothing special let's face it uh, i think i think most people would agree 
that it does a few things really well. And when you see, when you hear uh, a professional Mm -hmm. doing an interview, let's say, on a podcast, and, and, you know, they're asked, uh, well, you know, what's your choice for a snare? And they say an SM57, there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not, and it's usually not laziness. Sometimes it is, that's true. Yeah. But, uh, and I'm not saying that an SM57 is the best tool for a particular job all the time. It's not, yeah. but to to categorically bash any piece of gear, just about, and, and I, I can't think of any exceptions right now off the top of my head. There are probably pieces of gear that out there that, that just about everyone would say, uh, you know, that's just a, a piece of junk, but yeah. really that is the 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 exception when you have something that is just so poorly manufactured and, and so so cheap that it falls apart. I, you know, I, I think that pretty much people try to uh, aim for something a little bit higher than that uh, most of the time. And these days, uh, just about anything that you could buy at any of the big box uh, music retailers like, uh, you know, Sam Ash, Guitar Center, Sweetwater, whatever, yeah. they pretty much don't really sell junk, you know? And... Um, well, uh, it, I suppose it yeah. has to do with um, the way this podcast or this blog sort of came across was whenever I started, I... I have been into music for a long while, but only seriously got into recording maybe what six or eight months ago. And like everybody else nowadays, I head it out onto the internet and the amount of um, knowledge out there. Now, luckily enough, I never landed on any forums because <laughs> I, I think oh. I would have just gave up. But uh, well, that, the, yeah, the amount of blogs uh, out there with information on them and yeah unfortunately it's a lot a lot of it is misinformation and yeah. and yeah i mean that's another thing it, it, it that's a blessing and a curse i mean the fact that these days a person can uh, can log on to a blog a, a forum Oh, gosh. I mean, really, the signal-to-noise ratio was so horrible. I mean, for, for every one bit of good information, yeah. you've got a hundred bits of just, uh, just cr everything ranging from pretty useless information to, uh, to you know, to r misleading information to absolute crap. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, you know... <laughs> just as I, I don't like to bash a gear and I don't like gear bashing, I'm not going to bash any forums yeah. <laughs> that have the name gear in them. <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, but, but I just, you know, I mean, it's fine. You know, it, they, I, I, I just don't read them. I, I, I don't visit them. I, you know, occasionally if I'm doing a search for something and I, and I see something, a bit of information that it, that it, that's located on a particular forum, let's say, eh, you know, I'm, I, yeah. chances are I, I'm, I might not visit it at all. And sometimes I do. I mean, it depends. I, I suppose 
it's better to read something and, and make up your own mind. Uh, it's better to do that than than to you know to to yeah, disregard it, it outright. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I suppose so. But uh, you know, I I think that that you know one of the things that for for somebody getting into audio and some, somebody who's new at it, um, you know, one of the things that that I recommend to people is that you know if you're if you're looking at if you're looking at um, certain bits of gear like like microphones and preamps, uh, uh, things that are going to really uh, make a huge difference right up front in the signal chain. Yeah. And you know what? I'm 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 not even I don't I'm not even addressing the issue of source. <laughs> like you know. Yeah. Uh, doesn't matter. I mean, there there are two things. Bef- well, yeah, two things before that. There's the there's the musician and and the instrument, and there's something even before that, and it's the song. You know, yeah. I mean, I'm not even addressing those things, but uh, you know, assuming someone, and if we're talking about music recording, of course, not everything is just music recording, but yeah. assuming it's music and assuming that a song is great and the talent is great and they're playing a great instrument and they're really good at it and stuff like that. Um, you know, the the first uh, electronic pieces of equipment that that are going to make a, a big difference to to uh, uh, somebody, um, the first things are are the microphone and the preamp, and and what I recommend to people is you know go online to some of the uh, let's say the well known studios, the bigger studios, yeah. and some of your local um, sort of mid level studios. There are not that many of them, but well, uh, you know, let's say, no, I shouldn't say that. There are a lot of studios around. Of course, a lot of people are doing things out of their homes or whatever, yeah. but I mean, you know, look for uh, studios that have uh, a, a little bit of a reputation and stuff and look at their gear lists, look at their microphone lists, look at what they're using for monitors. Uh, well, that's the end of the chain, but look at what they're using for preamps and pay attention to that stuff because, you know, the fact that you can go out and buy, uh, you know, a tube pre for 60 bucks yeah, that's great, but you know what? Most studios are just not using that stuff. Yeah. Again, for 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 a reason, and you know, I think if somebody's in it for the long run, um, yeah, it is nice to sort of get uh, sort of gear that can do a lot of things and you know, multi-purpose kind of things. Yeah. Um, but if you're in it for the long haul and you're really, truly serious about it, um, I would say try to save up a, a bit of money and buy some of the better stuff rather than uh, you know going for the cheap stuff. I, believe me, I've made these mistakes early on. You know, I was the kind of yeah. person who went and said, oh my gosh, I could get... 12 mic stands for a hundred dollars, you know, <laughs> kind of crazy, <laughs> stupid, cheap, you know, things. And, and, you know, those just uh, disintegrated into, you know, uh, pieces of aluminum tubing, you know, and, and screws and, uh, and, and, uh, you know, um, 
don't, yeah, they don't last. Of, you know, stripped threads. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't last anyway. And, you know, I think that sometimes people be far better off to to buy, uh, you know, two or three or four mic stands that, that'll cost them five times as much, but will last them 20 years, not something that'll last them two or three. Yeah. Um, it's just really not efficient. Um Anyway, th- this is all my opinion, of course, but... Um, yeah, well, you're talking from experience, so... Well, I am. I am, and and believe me, I, I have no interest in misleading anybody. <laughs> you know, I'm trying yeah. to save people some, some money in the end, really. Um, <clears throat> you know, when it comes to the DAWs, I mean, that's a little bit of a different story. I mean, you, you know, you look at... Um, you look at studios around, you know, let's say the, the ubiquitous platform is, of course, Pro Tools. But, you yeah. know, you could use just about anything. You could use Reaper. You could use uh, Sonar, whatever. Uh, you, know, you know, there are people who have strong opinions about, you know, hey, I wouldn't use anything but Logic, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <clears throat> that That's a matter of, of, of opinion. And, uh, you know, again... These days, you could just about not go wrong with uh, with 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 any of those choices. Um, it's it's more of a matter of of preference. Um, beyond that, you know, there's the, um, you know, there's the these days the issue of you know analog summing or not. You know what? Yeah. Uh, ju- jury's still out on that, as far as I'm concerned. I mean, you know, there's some people who swear by it. Some people say, absolutely not. I stay in the box. And you know, you have top of the you know top of the um craft uh engineers who who go both ways so yeah. I, you know i i think i think that's a matter of uh, of preference but beyond that monitors same thing i mean you can you can go out and and buy a pair of powered monitors for you know uh, i don't know 100 bucks or whatever it's okay. It's all right, but you know what? I think you're far better off, and you're you're uh, uh, saving money and getting a pair of monitors that are known to be a standard in the yeah. industry. And there and there are many models out there, and uh, you know ultimately you you have to be comfortable with it and satisfied and, and and you know you might hear ns10s and really not like them um and nobody says you have to buy them but yeah um but you know you have to find something that you're comfortable with but you know you, you got to realize that you're not doing yourself a service by getting the cheapest pair you can just because you need to use something. Yeah. I mean, I, I realize sometimes that is, you know, I realize that sometimes that just simply is the case, and 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 you you have to get something to have something rather than nothing. I understand that, but uh, you know, especially for a person who's like doing this as a as a you know as a hobby or something like that. Uh, I'm sorry, I you know your your bread and butter if they don't depend on you mixing today uh wait a couple of months you know work on other things you know work on headphones or whatever it is perfect your craft if you're doing it as a hobby and and get a pair of of decent monitors um that'll cost you much more but in the end you'll be far better off you you won't be 
going down the path of, you know, I don't know, my mixes, they don't sound sweet. I don't know if it's the, I don't know if it's that cheap mic I bought or whether it's that $60 mic. I don't know if it's those little $50 speakers I bought. I don't know. <laughs> you know, and the, you forget yeah, they're, it. They're all weak you, links you just, in the chain. So. They're all weak links. Exactly. And it's, I, I think it's far better to start early in the chain. Mm-hmm with something that you know is good, you know? And, yeah. and, and look, you, you, you know, microphones uh, and, and, and what, I, what I meant earlier about microphones, you know, yes, I, I love microphones. I collect microphones. Um, I should go through some kind of a 12-step program. But, <laughs> um, you know, microphones are, are, are wonderful and they're like, they're like women's shoes, you know, not that I wear women's shoes, although that would be kind of kinky, but uh, you, I, I think you can never have enough, especially if you're into them, but really it, it, it almost doesn't matter what you use. I mean, the best mic, just like in the photography world, the best camera is the one you have with you for the shot. And, yeah. you know, the best microphone is just, it's the one that is up and running and on a stand and next to your source when that source is inspired and they deliver a great performance. I don't give a shishka bob. Sorry. <laughs> I don't give a crap yeah. if it's an SM57 or a UM57. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, that said, uh, yes, it's it's important to to make sure your microphones are 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 professional quality. But you know, you you don't have to spend an arm and a leg these days. I mean, you know, of course, there are a lot of DIY solutions. And you know, frankly, I, I think that some people get so into the DIY thing that they I, look I, whatever floats your boat, but. You know, I, I'd rather be recording than, you know, testing, uh, you know, a capacitor on a microphone. Yeah. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't do it for me. And you know what? I, I get it. I get the satisfaction of, you know, buying some parts and buying some transformers. Believe me, I, I've been there and I've done that. Um, and, and it's, it's okay. You know, it's cool, but. To me, it's like, okay, let's record. Let's get something recorded. That's the whole point of all of this. And, you know, if you're going to gain, um, a, a, you know, a little bit better signal-to-noise ratio, a little bit clearer top end, a little bit hotter signal, that's all fine and good. But, you know, the hours that you spend doing that, uh, you know, you really have to account for because you, you can go out and buy a $1,000 mic, a $1,500 mic that's absolutely wonderful. Yeah. And you can go out and buy a $200 mic and some parts and eventually come out with something that is comparable to those. But you can easily spend hours upon hours. And then it just, it doesn't stop there because you think, well, if only I had done this other modification and then you're going to do, sit there, do your research, you're going to order parts, you're going to spend time. And in the end, you could have had a microphone all along and you could have been recording. Yeah. This is a matter of preference and I don't mean to, you know, knock any DIY projects. It's fine. It, it is what it is. And, and, and it depends what 
you feel is exciting and what what's worth it. Um, but you know, it's that kind of love hate relationship with. Uh, microphones. I mean, I, I shoot out microphones sometimes because I'm just curious, uh, what's going to be better? Is this going to be better? Is that going to be better? And then yet other times I really, really couldn't care less. I'll grab the first mic, the closest mic, and I'll put it up and capture a performance and and that's it. Well, that's it. You and, can, and that's what counts. If you can get some kind of recording, I suppose then it's a matter of using your the techniques that you know then to perfect it but i think the whole thing yeah. is if you're a beginner at this or if you're, you there a lot of people get into recording from the musician side of things i know that's the way you got into it no you were um a musician you're a multi-instrumental musician mm-hmm. but um <clears throat> I think a lot of people just want to record their own music and they're not sure if they have the ability to do it or um, if they know the techniques. So they're they're scared to maybe invest a lot of money and gear just to figure out that they can't actually do it. And I think this is maybe where yeah. the, the cheaper gear comes in. So... Um, yeah, and yeah, and I and I guess it really depends on what what the you know the end result, the end game is yeah. in this case. I mean, if a person wants to record their own stuff, I mean, again, the, these days, anything that you get is is going to be, you know, it's going to be good enough certainly to to come out with a great product. If you know what you're doing, certainly. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to know something about mic placement. You got to know a little bit about microphone types and and polar patterns and and you know what some miking techniques are. Uh, you've got to know a little bit about uh, you know gain staging and stuff like that. I, I suppose the biggest difference is is in mixing. You know, that's where uh, you know you could have a bunch of raw tracks that are decently recorded. Uh, and and you could just ruin it in a mix, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a craft, and it's just like woodworking. Um, you know, I wouldn't expect anyone to just uh, you know uh, read forums and just you know decide that they're going to be um, a woodworker and and you know and make a beautiful wardrobe first time around. You know, a, an intricately carved well-designed wardrobe yeah. i mean you know and and yeah, you're gonna you know and again with the, with the, with with the diy stuff you know i feel that like some people are you know getting into uh well you know i i really need a better lathe yeah i better i better buy a cheap one and modify it <laughs> <laughs> you know supercharge it and make it go you know higher uh revolutions per minute because that's better and you know and really it doesn't matter you know it's like the way you really learn is by doing uh, and that can be in the context, I suppose, of self-taught. It can yeah. be, uh, or it's it's by um, you know mentorship or or uh, internship or <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Or uh, listening to podcasts. Um, 
Uh, well, yeah, I suppose. I suppose, although uh, you know uh, that that remains to be seen. Yeah. I suppose, but you know, and then there's the you know the school route, of course, and stuff. Um, but I, I was going to say I was thinking of the of the I was missing the word the apprenticeship. Yeah. You know, is is another way because I was thinking specifically woodworking. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and um, and uh, yeah, I mean, well, I sort of I've forgotten the point I was trying to make. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I've lost steam. I've I've rolled off the tracks. Push me back on. Yeah, you're okay. <clears throat> well, uh, if you were. Um... I know this is always a hard question to answer, but to me, there seems to be two lower levels of gear. Everybody talks about entry-level gear, and they generally assume it's the cheaper stuff. But to me, there is beginner gear, and then there, I would really class entry-level gear as more entry into the sort of more pro level. But for somebody who has Mm. maybe got their first microphone, whether it's a a good one or a, a cheap one, or their first interface and they're maybe looking to move into getting sort of a slightly better mic or something slightly different, would you have a recommendation mm-hmm. sort of around maybe the three to 500 price range that's a good place to start or at least um, sort of that slight upgrade from the usual sort of one or 200 um, condenser mics? Or- and are you... Sp- are you, oh, you're speaking about microphones specifically? Yeah, well, mics or preamps. I know a lot of people, you were mentioning yeah. the, the M-Box. Um, generally, most people's first rig is, you know, an audio interface, a microphone and a laptop or a computer. Yeah, right, but eventually, right. Yeah, they yeah. maybe record a little bit with that and they realize the need yeah, for a better yeah. microphone or a better, you know, an yeah. external pre. Would you have... Yeah, a yeah. Suge- They're not going to go straight out and buy... A U forty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. Um, well, you know what? I, I, let let me see if I can answer that question in 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 a maybe a a, a slightly with a slightly different yeah. approach. Um, I think that if let's say for example, if if I were if I suddenly found myself. Uh, like I've 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 lost everything. I'm starting from scratch. Yeah. What's going to be the first thing that I'm going to buy if I have to replace my microphone collection? Okay, <laughs> let me answer. Let me answer it that way. Um, I would I would look at the different microphone types, and I would essentially. I would get pretty much one or two of of each type, and let's divide them uh, in an orderly fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, dynamic mics, yeah. okay. Yeah. Um, you know they're among the cheapest mics. Uh, let's divide those into moving coil and ribbon, yeah. mm-hmm. okay. Um, and and I'm and I'm. Okay. Okay. I I understand that you're saying you know in the three to five hundred dollar range. Okay, that's fine. I'll I'll even deal with that because I was going to say you know what my opinion is. Hang on, save up and buy the real good stuff. But okay, <laughs> <laughs> I will accept the challenge of 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 saying you know of keeping to that budget. However, that's three to five hundred dollars per microphone. Yeah. Sorry, I yeah, I just no, I can't. You know, it's just you know. Okay, so I would I would automatically buy two SM57s, no question. Yeah. Okay, 
They're, you know, they're just, let's face it, they're really useful mics. They're not expensive. And you could do a lot of things with yeah. them. Uh, I would I would buy a D112 uh, pretty much just for kick drum. Uh-huh. Uh, it is It has been used on more recordings than any other microphone, <laughs> with the exception of the SM57. Okay. Yeah. Specifically for kick drums, you know what? You can you can buy yourself a a, a Beta Fifty Two. You could get an Audix D Six if you like that sound. Whatever. My choice D One Twelve. I think it's the most. You better personal. not let John Tidy hear you saying that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> and um, I probably would go mm, with a with an RE Twenty or an SM Seven. Uh, you know what? I I let me back let me back up mm-hmm. a couple of four twenty ones for toms specifically drum recording we're talking yeah. about okay now, um you know I w- I would get two or three of those mm-hmm. f- you know typical guys on on drums they're they're playing you know four or five piece kits so to have two or three four twenty ones uh is really important mm-hmm. I I bought some. Uh, 20 something years ago like in the in the late 80s yeah. you know I, they're still in use today i mean i use them all the time on drums mm-hmm. uh and like you'll you'll never be sorry that you that you bought those mics okay um it, it, budget allowing i would go for re20 or sm7 uh either one i mean you know to me it's a it's a coin toss some people have a big preference for the SM7. Some people have a big preference for the RE20. Uh, to me, it's a toss-up. Yeah. I, I don't, you know, either one. Okay, that's it for for moving coil mm-hmm. mics. That's all you need, in my opinion. Um, it, that doesn't mean you know you could you know you find a a, a buyer M88. Some people love those. Some electro voice mics or whatever. That, you know that's great. But that that's you're already getting into, uh, you know collecting microphones at that yeah. point you're already getting into um you know serious money okay but you know at the very least like i said d112 sm57 421s and and maybe you know one or two yeah. others um ribbons uh to me uh, uh, indispensable for drum overheads brass guitar electric guitar um to me you know in that price range no question, absolutely no question. The fat heads, yeah. fat head twos, um, they are great microphones. They are unbeatable in that price range. Yeah, you know what? There are some other models out there that are, you know, I know that they're like similar, you know, T bone or whatever. There's, you know, whatever. But in my opinion, Cascade and the quality control and everything that they do is great. You can't go wrong with those. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, uh, to me, um, I, I, you know, the the R one twenty one is a fabulous mic. But you, now you're talking twelve hundred in that yeah. range. Uh, if, if you're serious and you're really in it for the long haul, and you know, again, save up, <laughs> save up, save up, save up. Get yourself an R R one twenty one or like a pair of Coles forty thirty eights. Not cheap; they're really expensive. But again, you know, you'll buy those, and they will last you the rest of your career. I promise. Yeah. 
Um, okay, but still sticking to the to the cheaper ones. Okay, so the, the, you know those ribs. I, you know I, you could just go with fatheads. They'll 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 work on anything. Doesn't matter whether it's brass, guitars, drums, whatever. Fabulous mics. Uh, you know, get four of them. <laughs> You know, never mind just two. You just get four because you'll use them on guitar cabs at the same time when you're tracking, you know, drums or whatever. Fantastic mics. Um, okay, that's it for the dynamics. Uh, in the uh, condenser realm, mm -hmm. uh, there are basically, you know, uh, Klaus Heine, who's like one of the leading authorities on, on like German uh, condenser microphones, uh, he posted something once uh, a long time ago about sort of categorizing uh, condenser mics into sort of base, three basic categories and uh, based on capsule. Yeah. Whether it's tube or, or solid state doesn't matter so much. Um, but the, 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 what makes a bigger difference in this case is... Uh, the three basic capsule types, and that's the the K forty seven type capsule, mm -hmm. the K sixty seven capsule, and the C twelve capsule. The first two being Neumann capsules, and the th and the third one being an AKG yeah. capsule. And th the the K forty seven or the M seven would fall into that category, but that those are a little bit harder to find. But Anything with a K47 capsule is going to be on the darker side. And I'm, by the way, speaking of large diaphragm condensers right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so so I, I will get to uh, sort of breaking those two down. But let's start with large diaphragm condensers. K, K47 type capsules, there are many more of them these days than, than there were, uh, say, 10 years ago. Um, they're a little bit darker. Um, they're not... Uh, they, hmm, for lack of a better word or a, a better phrase, uh, they tend to uh, they tend to soften things a bit mm -hmm. uh, in terms of uh, sibilance. Uh, you, you know, you you get things that are, that sound a little again, lack uh, for lack of a better word, warmer, deeper, rounder in the bottom end. Yeah. That's a generalization, but again, generally speaking, that's what those types of capsules do. The K47 was replaced by the K67 capsule mm -hmm. when the U67 replaced the U47. Yeah. Now, of course, the U47, as you know, everybody knows, it's a legendary mic. It's sort of the granddaddy of, of all the big <clears throat> large diaphragm condensers. Well, the K67 was a different tube, had a, uh, well, different tube, different capsule, um, it had a brighter response. Yeah. It, it rolled off the low end a little bit. It was a little bit more forward sounding mic. Now it did have a, a circuit that suppressed its natural bump around eight kilohertz that it mm -hmm. had in terms of frequency response. But when, you know, when, when, um, Chinese companies, started knocking off the K67 capsule, uh, they didn't bother to put that uh, circuit in 
you know, they chose to use like a, a, a flatter frequency response circuit like Sheps did, for example. Yeah. And, and what happens is you have this bright sounding microphone and, uh, you know, they said, yeah, that's great. It's, it's bright. It's, yeah, it's perfect. You don't have to EQ it. And the thing is, sometimes they tend to sound really harsh. Yeah. Um, but that, the K67 is by far the most popular of the capsules out there that you'll find on, uh, you know, probably 90% of the microphones out there, or maybe 80% of the microphones mm-hmm. out there. Um, <clears throat> but when it's done right, the K67 uh, capsule, it's used in the U87, uh, you know, when it's done right, uh, it, it sounds wonderful. Yeah. Um, now, the, the C12 capsule... Used in the in the legendary AKG C12 it was also used in the uh, in the uh, Elam 251 ELA M. <clears throat> well, it's actually ELA space M 251 that Telefunken distributed. It was made by AKG. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a different different kind of capsule. It's uh, it it uh, well, without getting into too many details. The diaphragm, uh, the the termination point where uh, is 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 at the edge. Of the thing, it's it's more like a drum, like a drum skin. Whereas the the K forty seven and the K sixty seven have a termination right uh, in the center, center. so it, it has a different resonance, and it, yeah, it it's 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 very different. Now the case uh, the sorry the C twelve um, uh, capsule uh, is is a more hi fi sound. It's it has a a, a higher uh, how, how could I put this uh, well a more hi-fi sound it has a deeper low end like super deep and it has a super uh, high frequency response yeah. um, not the bump in the 8k but more sort of like in the 12k 15 like up there it's very airy um, some people think that it sounds really great on female vocals uh, you know, it, it could, <laughs> but not necessarily all the time. It depends. Uh, some guys sound great on it too. You know, it really depends. And, and sometimes generalizations like that, you know, sometimes they mean something, sometimes they don't mean anything. Uh, it depends on who you're miking and, and what the source is and stuff. But the point is it, it's a different sound than the other two. And that's the three categories that I would say, ultimately, if you want a really nice, well-rounded collection of microphones uh get at least a specimen or two of each of those um you know the uh the k47 stuff it's a little bit harder to find uh audio technica makes the 4047 uh i believe that that might use a k47 capsule although uh, for all i know that might even be a k67 it would take a little bit of research yeah you know where a good place to to find the stuff is of course recordinghacks.com yeah. <laughs> uh, you know you could find uh, tons of stuff there tons of useful information if you need to look up like kind of what cat what kind of capsule a particular microphone has uh, chances are you'll find it there especially for the more um, you know for the majority of the microphones out there uh, the popular ones um, but these days uh, you know even if you're even if you sort of go the DIY route you know there are some options now to get k47 capsules uh, companies like uh, advanced audio also offer k47 capsules and I know Michael Jolly does his stuff and has k47 yeah. capsules so you know there there's a lot of stuff out there and um, you know again you could you could you could easily find something in the uh, you know three four five hundred dollar range mm-hmm. 
uh, with, with a K47 capsule. K67, you know, there the, you have a lot more choices probably. And you know what? I I like the advanced audio stuff. Uh, I have a pair of their uh, CM12s, which I had uh, Dave Thomas modified to sort of, you know, with Peluso capsules, yeah. the, the, the C12 capsules and stuff. Um, he did his modifications on those and, and those mics sound great. I, I really, I love them. I think they're fantastic microphones. I haven't tried their solid state versions, but I'm sure that they're, I'm sure they're, they're every bit mm -hmm. as good. Um, I do like the Audio-Technica stuff a whole lot. Uh, like the 4050 is a fantastic microphone in that price range. My goodness, for, for in the neighborhood of, you know, four or five hundred mm -hmm. bucks, you could find them used for, for a little bit less. Um, U.S. dollars, of course, yeah. I'm speaking. And, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're really great mics. The 4033, wonderful microphone. It's a single, you know, cardioid pattern, but it is, it is wonderful. It's really mm -hmm. versatile. Um, in that price range, uh, you know, I, you know, I know that Rode, of course, you know, has, has wonderful choices as well. Yeah. Um, I think that that's probably where you'll find the most choices in the K67 type, uh, solid state. I mean, they're, they're just, there's probably hundreds out there. Um, you know, I, that, that, uh, that that's an area that you know. I mean, look, a, U, a U87 falls into that category. That's a very expensive yeah. mic. Uh, I don't particularly like the U87 uh, very much. Uh, it's just a preference thing. I, you know, it's a great mic, and sometimes you know, I'm sure it would be a great choice um, on, on certain sources. But uh, to me, eh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm not I'm not. Uh, crazy about spending that kind of money on something that I don't particularly enjoy my, my, myself. Yeah. So anyway, um, and then the C12 category, um, you know, any, any of the 414 type microphones have that kind of capsule, uh, you know, with an edge terminated uh, diaphragm. Yeah. Um, you know, I think it's a little bit harder to find microphones that have a, a C12 type capsule um that are that are affordable uh, you know again certainly advanced audio makes some um and you know you could probably find some diy solutions but uh well, was it your was it the apex 460s you had modded into the cm12s or yeah, those, well, you know, and the funny thing is those apparently come with a K67 capsule, which which is funny to me because it's supposed to be a pretty much, a, a, you know, a takeoff of the, you know, C12, yeah. certainly in terms of looks, um, but the circuit is a is more of a Sheps uh, circuit, uh, not like a C12 circuit. Uh, that's one thing, but the second thing is, you know, the capsule is really completely different. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, that that's one thing. You you really have to change the the capsule to to uh, to, to to get closer to what a, a C12 is is going to sound like. And um uh you know, they're they're wonderful wonderful mics. I mean, they're just uh, they sound mm, to me they sound in a way sort of more modern but kind of a in a weird way sort of like a retro modern. I mean, to me I I, I listen to stuff on there and I and I, I I, I almost hear sort of like 1950s yeah. 
orchestral recordings, but done really well. And I don't know, there's something about them that that just that's what they sound like to me. Um, yeah. But but you know, okay, so I, you know, in those flavors, you know, if you had to start somewhere, of course, uh, you know, I. I, I personally like the 47 type capsules better, um, but you know if you if you had to start somewhere, I guess you'd have to start with the K47. Uh, yeah, sorry, K67 capsule. Uh, you know something, and uh, you know uh, again, Rode Audio Technica. They make wonderful, wonderful mics. I think those are probably among the best bang for the buck. Yeah. Um, you know, and then uh, lastly, just if we were to divide that a little bit further, small diaphragm condensers, uh, wonderful on capturing really subtle detail, uh, especially like on acoustic mm -hmm. guitar. Uh, you know, to me, I, I think the, uh, although they're a little bit on the bright side, the Rode NT5s are really nice. Um, the the uh, AKG 460Bs are wonderful mics. They're like uh, some of my favorite mics, and you could get them used for... Uh, you know, a couple of hundred bucks. Uh, really, really spectacular microphones. Uh, I use them all yeah. the time. Wonderful, wonderful specimens. Um, and, uh, you know, I've heard great things about the uh, Octava, uh, the MC-012s, uh, or the MK-012s, depending on whether they're newer or yeah. older. Uh, a lot of people really love them. A lot of, a lot of people dig those, and, and I'm sure they're, you know, they're wonderful. Um but you know, uh, I, you know, you don't have to spend a lot of money there either. I mean, you know, you could get these mics for you know, three, four hundred, five hundred a pair. You know, <laughs> it's not, they're 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 really not even that expensive. And like I say, um, mostly good for acoustic guitar. Uh, some people like them on drum overheads. That's great. You know, um, sometimes you know that's the way to go. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, I think ribbons work better. But sometimes, like a pair of Omnis over some mm -hmm. drums uh, really just do the trick. You know? so, uh, of course, all of this you know depends on so many variables exactly. lining up, like the size of the room, how it's treated, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know that that's that already all has to be understood. That you know we're talking, you're going to get good results if you're you know you, you know you have all of those things that I mentioned earlier before the microphone. Yeah. And uh, and also, you know, including uh, the room, uh, like I said, you know, I didn't mention that earlier, but that's just another one. The environment that's going to play a huge role on the on on your sound. So, you know, if you're if you're playing in a in a basement with low ceilings and it's untreated, and you have just you know rugs on a concrete floor and and just um, blankets on a uh, on a cinder block wall. Guess what? <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter what gear you're using. It's just not going to sound good. Yeah. You just uh, you know, forget it. You know that you're you're dealing with a whole other set of problems and the solution, you know, I don't know, you know, depending on what again, whether you're in it for the long haul, you know, you've got to do some construction, you've got to get a different space or maybe just record drums elsewhere. Go to a local studio, just rent it for a couple of hours and do drum tracks there or uh, go to a theater, uh, a church, I don't, whatever, you know, whatever, wherever you have access to, to some space where some air can move a little bit and, um, yeah, get a decent sign. That's probably the way to go. Yeah. yeah. No, well, that's a, a decent laundry list of mics anyway for people to go and have a look at if they're thinking about, uh, upgrading, but, um, I know you have a quick tip you're looking to uh, share with everybody now. Um, 
I'll let you yes. run on with it. It's uh, I think it's to do with reference mixing. Yes, like I haven't like I haven't talked enough. Oh, we could go for <laughs> hours if you want. <laughs> no, 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 no. I I know I could, but I shouldn't. Um, but um, yeah, the, the tip. You know, to me, the thing. You know, I was thinking about this uh, the other day uh, <clears throat> when we set this up, and. Um, I was thinking, geez, you know, what a tip, you know, gosh, I mean, what hasn't been said and and uh, not that what I'm about to say hasn't been said before, but but I think it it it's worth um, addressing. <clears throat> and that is the issue of mono uh, monitoring in mono versus stereo. Yeah. Uh, some people declare, you know, mono is dead and. Uh, I'm sorry, I don't agree. Um, mono certainly is not dead, and while stereo is the predominant way in which we listen to things, I mean, look, let's face it, I, people listen to stuff on, uh, you know, with earbuds. That is true, yeah. no question. Uh, but people do listen on laptops. They do listen in a car. They do. People still do have stereos, and they do listen to stuff uh, when they're not between the two sources. And what happens if you do not check your uh, audio, your mixes in mono? What can easily happen, and likely will happen, is that you'll do something, or you'll you'll uh, let's say take a, you know, I don't know, stereo drum overheads or maybe two guitars or whatever yeah. it is, two sources, and you'll pan them hard left and hard right. If there is any phase cancellation, which chances are there will be mm-hmm. some, it's just a matter of degrees, whether there will be some or none. Yeah. Uh, I mean, some or a lot, I should say. Um what will happen is if you listen to that from a different room or you listen to it a little bit further away from the speakers, that sound will now sound, those sources will now sound different. They will sound anemic in the bottom mm-hmm. end. They'll sound a little bit kind of phase shifty sometimes. You'll have a weird frequency response. You you think, what's going on? What's going on? You put your earbuds in. Yeah, it sounds normal. Sounds just like you mixed it. But when you're listening from a distance, it, it's a whole different story. So, um, so anyway, in tracking, I think it's important, uh, especially if you're miking, let's say, yeah. a piano and you have two mics, and, and those things are out of phase and you don't check them. I mean, the, the bottom end will disappear. Um, same thing with drum overheads. You know, a kick drum will just kind of just disappear from the overheads. Um, so it's really important to check that stuff during tracking and and in mixing, of course, to, to some extent. But anyway, that's my that's my little tip, yeah. if you will. <laughs> yeah, well, I think I've talked about it on the blog and possibly on podcast episodes as well. Um, the first stages of a mix I always do in mono because it, it throws any issues straight into your face. It always makes them stand out a little more and... Uh, especially if you're only starting out and mixing any sure. little help is better than nothing so if there's yes if those eq problems are standing out you know to address them but if your first mixing move is panning everything out sometimes you can skip over them and like you say if you don't check it in mono at some stage then you can run into difficulties in a later stage so 
Yes, absolutely. I mean, if it's coming from one source, um, you know, you're 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 more likely to get a good balance between things. Uh, and again, if it sounds good in mono, it's going to sound great in stereo. I certainly tend to, um, you know, and, and which is not to say that I don't sort of sometimes just go right for the panning right at the top of the mix. I mean, sometimes I do because I play around with when I'm framing a mix, playing around with different combinations of instruments and stuff like that. But I will constantly flip back and forth, mono and stereo. I mean, I guess yeah. I'm a little bit, uh, I mean, I've I've mixed for years. And so it, to me, I kind of, um, I'm a little bit impatient. So I really want to get that payoff sooner. And I, and I sort of, I go out a little bit on a limb and I start to mix in stereo already. But again, I'm constantly referring to stuff in mono just to double check. You know, I, I, I never commit to anything uh, until I've heard it in mono. I, I, yeah. I have to, there's, there's no other way in, in my book. Um, but anyway. Well, better to be safe than sorry. <laughs> definitely, definitely. No, well, uh, I just wanted to say, uh, I mentioned before, you're my first interview on the podcast, and um, I sent you an email on a whim, hoping that you would uh, reply, and I was quite astonished whenever you replied so quickly, and this whole thing sort of came about so quickly. Um, I sort of had imagined weeks of emails going back and forward, and so... <laughs> just ah well you know it, it it just so happened that that the time worked out really well for me i'm i'm currently working on uh some music for a documentary yeah so i'm you know it's it's time that i scheduled for the for these two weeks uh, so i'm really flexible and and actually i happen to get a lot done in the last two days so it was it was no problem at all and i'm i'm happy to uh you know, to, to, to spend a little bit of time and stuff like that and, yeah. and, and share whatever I, you know, whatever I can contribute uh, to the listeners. And I know that, like you told me, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, your listenership tends to be people sort of getting into audio and sort of, you know, uh, people who are uh, a little bit newer to it and stuff like that. Yeah. And, I, and I thought, uh, you know, I, I, I certainly ha have a little bit of advice, you know, when it comes to sort of, uh, you know, what we talked about earlier about the gear and 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 I I think it's um uh you know it's a good idea to 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 choose carefully uh, um maybe sometimes it's 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 better to wait a little bit uh, as I said yeah. uh and um, sometimes it's sometimes it's a good idea to sort of uh ignore the 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 gear bashers <laughs> stay <laughs> off know. the forums. Especially, uh, you know, especially if you, if, you know, if you see that, uh, um, you know, there, there are a lot of people who, who really use this same gear all the time, um, you know, so yeah, they're, anyway. They're using it for a reason. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Noel, uh, thanks again for taking the time, right? You mentioned you're a, you're a busy guy and you maybe don't get a lot of free time and, uh, I appreciate you coming on here and spending a little bit My of your pleasure. free time talking. Um, again, anybody who wants to check out uh, Slough's podcast, uh, head over to sessionswithslough.com. Um, some of the episodes on there are, 
they're phenomenal to listen to. Some of the range of music that uh, Sly has recorded in the past and some of the orchestral stuff. And again, the mic shootouts he's done. Um, it's just something a little bit different than the average uh, podcasts that are out there. And like you mentioned, hopefully there'll be a new episode out soon. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> Well, well, thank hold. you very much, James. I appreciate it, and uh, and uh, you know, if uh, if there's anything that 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 I can do, uh, or any you know questions that that come up, if there's anything that I can contribute, I'd be more than happy to at, at any point. Yeah, well, thank you very much, and uh, as I say, hopefully everybody got something from this episode. Uh, your knowledge and experience has come across rather well and like i mentioned your podcast full of a lot more of it so uh hopefully everybody will uh check you out chances are they've all heard of you anyway but uh, <laughs> <laughs> wonderful <laughs> cheers so thanks for doing the interview thank you okay so there we have it folks my first interview out of the way that's i'm going to be doing them every week now no problem yeah right well it was a pleasure to have Sly on the show he's somebody that I admire so much through his podcast and through um, listening to the range of music that he has done in the past both um, music that he has played and the instruments he can play but also from the engineering side of things and some of the bands that he's worked with now he's maybe we're maybe not talking you know top of the charts music here but it's more on a musical scale. Some of the, the arrangements and stuff he's done, some of the orchestral stuff is just phenomenal to get an insight into how those kind of things are recorded. Because if you go onto YouTube, there's probably countless videos about how um, sort of pop or pop rock music is made and or how DJs make their songs up. But whenever it comes to these more um, intricate recordings, it can be a little bit harder to find really good information on them. So... Um, the funny thing about Sly's podcast is you'll maybe sit through a 40 minute episode and at the end of it you'll think well we didn't talk about one technique throughout that whole episode however I feel I know a lot more about recording so it's just it must be doing some kind of voodoo but either way it's a great lesson so head over there sessions at Sly sorry sessionswithsly.com uh, follow him on Twitter at SlyB Sharp and let's uh, see so if you have any questions for him, send them in to me. I'll certainly forward them on. Um, he's a very approachable guy, so let's say even send him a tweet on Twitter or uh, send the questions in to me and I'll pass them on to him. Um, I hope you enjoyed the interview again, Sly. If you're listening, thanks for doing it. Uh, it's been a longer episode than ever before this week, so. Next week we'll resume normal service with 20 to 30 minutes of me rambling. But until then, uh, keep recording, keep mixing and keep it simple.